Welcome to We On Fire Sports Podcast, providing hot takes and analysis across the sport and landscape. Straight talk, no chaser. We On Fire Sports Podcast. Welcome to We On Fire Sports Podcast, episode number 41, the season finale of season one of We On Fire Sports Podcast. Yeah, man, we are here, man. It's been a, been a long sports year. We On Fire Sports Podcast kicked off in the fall of 2021 as we're gearing up into the fall of 2022. Man, I want to thank everybody that fell through on the show this year. I really, really appreciate that. I appreciate all the love and the feedback from the listeners as well. Man, man, in this episode, the season finale, we're going to get into a few things across the slate. First and foremost, we're going to get into the death of Bill Russell, 11-time world champion with the Boston Celtics. Man, tremendous loss, man. My condolences out to his family as well as the Boston Celtics organization as they had just came off an NBA Finals run. Also, too, we had the death of Vin Scully, longtime Dodgers broadcaster. Man, man, great, great steward in the game of baseball, man. I've been listening to this guy for, for years, man, since I was a kid, man. You know, so, tremendous loss. My condolences goes out to his family as well as the Dodgers organization. Also, too, in this episode, we got into the trade, trade situation with Kevin Durant from the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant put down his foot saying, man, I do not want to play here. Get me out of here. So we're going to get into that. Also, too, across the NBA, we're going to get into the whole Russell Westbrook situation out with the Los Angeles Lakers. Also, too, the Donovan Mitchell situation out in Utah. They got him on the trading block. We're going to get into that. So, man, man, we got a good, nice little jam-packed episode, man, for the season finale. We on Five Sports Podcast. Once again, we appreciate all the love and all, all of the feedback. Also, too, another caveat, man, we got when we get into the potential retirement of the great Serena Williams, 23 major titleists, holding in the game of tennis. Man, coachable icon, man. We're going to get into definitely her situation. Also, too, we got the situation with Brittany Griner out in Russia, getting a nine-year sentence, man, for taking some hashish, cannabis oils over into the country. Man, man, so that's a tough situation. We definitely want to get her back on U.S. soil. I think she definitely paid her dues as far as the time that she served. So we're going to get into that. So once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. We on Fire Sports Podcast. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Coming up, I'm going to break down the whole KD situation with the Brooklyn Nets. Man, man, this one is crazy, 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 man. But I'm going to break it down. We on Fire Sports Podcast. As Kevin Durant recently met up with Joseph Sy, who's the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, to discuss his reasoning and giving the organization an update of his trade request. What I'm hearing in regards to that proposed meeting with Joseph Sy is Kevin Durant has put a line in the sand. Kevin Durant is basically saying it's either Steve Nash go or the GM Sean Marks go 
or I go. And I thought that was very, very interesting. And here's the reason I think that that's very, very interesting. Is Durant is basically saying that he doesn't have any trust and faith in the organization. In the direction of the organization. So, I had to get us a little bit of thought. Because I'm like, man, if we hit the rewind button and go back six months... This is the same organization that had James Harden, as well as Kyrie Irving, as well as Kevin Durant, on the same team. Also, too, just the ancillary pieces that they have on their team. And if you look at their team on paper, they're a championship contending team. Now, we all saw what happened against the Boston Celtics in the playoffs as they got swept by the Boston Celtics and route the Celtics onto the NBA Finals, losing to the Golden State Warriors. But I'm like, what else do you want from the organization? I mean, they brought in and gave up draft picks and draft capital to bring in James Harden from Houston. Last time I checked, I thought all was on board with bringing James Harden into Brooklyn. And so, I'm kind of scratching my head from a standpoint of, like, you upset with the organization. So, we on Five Sports Podcast, we gonna ratchet up a little bit is what I call real talk, no chaser moment. Kevin Durant. It's obvious your issues with Steve Nash. You don't feel that Steve Nash, you know, is not a good basketball coach. And this is the same thing that I warned on this podcast. That at the end of the season, if I was the Brooklyn Nets, I would have fired Steve Nash. And here's why. I mean, Steve Nash is a great player. Hall of Fame player, two-time MVP of the league, one of the best floor generals i ever seen dribble a basketball. But this guy doesn't like confrontation. Like, to me, he looks like he's allergic to confrontation. And confrontation, what I mean is, is that sometimes at the end of the day, you got to roll up the sleeves and do your job as a coach. And that's not to be pow pow and buddy buddy with the players I mean any coach in any sport at any level knows that that day is coming where you have to have a real conversation with your players and it ain't buddy buddy also too in this I thought Kevin Durant vouched for Steve Nash I thought he vouched for him when he got the job in Brooklyn so now it's his fault so now it's the GM Sean Mark's fault. Now I'm not in the building in Brooklyn, but from afar, it looks like this organization tried to do everything possible to make this team a championship contending team. So it pains me to say this about Kevin Durant. I think you just run when the kitchen get hot, bro. I'm just gonna call it square square. You run when when the kitchen get hot. You ran out of Oklahoma City 
when y'all lost to the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, up three games to one, by the way, in that series. You run the Golden State. Stephen A. Smith of the world called it the weakest move ever. But I tried to give you kind of a pass in that. Then, Draymond Green, you and him have a big boy conversation. And then you out the door. So to me, for a guy with this type of skill set, this is a guy that does not get into any trouble off the court. He just want to hoop and go home. Bro, it's bigger than that. Meaning that when you have this much power as an athlete and you're getting paid X amount of dollars, it's just take a little bit more work than just hooping and going home. People do that at the park. They just hoop and go home. They're not blasted all over television. They just hoop, go home to you know, their family and call it a day after the game. Good game, bro. Keep it moving. So, this is a coward man move, and I got to call it straight. It's a straight coward man move. Because I'm like, what, what else would you ask of the organization? They put together two all-star, superstar players surrounding you. I mean, are you mad because y'all got exited out of the playoffs? I mean, I didn't hear nothing about Kyrie Irving. He was the same guy that has missed a bevy of games over the last two seasons. So where's the accountability at? But to me, if you don't like Steve Nash, you should have came to the organization and said, get dude up out of here. But we'll see. We'll see how that situation unfolds. We'll see if Kevin Durant has a new destination once the NBA season kicks off. As right now, we're a couple weeks away from NBA training camps. So, you know, we're going to have some hot stove moves around the NBA. We still got Russell Westbrook out here. Got his whole dilemma out in Los Angeles. We'll see how that goes. But, man, it's been an interesting summer across the NBA. And, you know, I had to get at y'all with this new, new news across the National Basketball Association. Once again, thanks for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, that's a hot button topic across the National Football League is Deshaun Watson, quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, signed a $230 million deal with the Cleveland Browns this offseason to become the starting quarterback there in Cleveland. His name is all over the news for different reasons, as he had the 24 alleged sexual misconduct situation going on out there with the allegations so far Deshaun Watson has settled with I believe 22 of the 24 women in that particular case as the NFL attempted to dole out the punishment and try to do it in a different way this time arbitrating it out to have it looked at not under the tutelage of Roger Goodell, which a lot of people feel like he's judge, jury, and executioner for the National Football League. And we had the, had the signings or findings back from Sue Robinson, who was the counsel looking over the case for Deshaun Watson. And she came back 
with a six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson. She said that it was one of the most egregious cases that she has seen, but in her ruling, she indicated that the six games was just based on past president by the National Football and I said, oh, man, whoa, Nelly. To quote the great Keith Jackson, college football commentator. Whoa, Nelly. And here's why. I'm like, oh, if they arbitrated it out to you to take a look at this particular case, why are we thinking about presidents? Like, why are we thinking about what the NFL has done in the past as far as their ruling on misconduct by their players? And I'm a big believer in innocent before proven guilty. Don't get me wrong in that. Innocent definitely before proven guilty. But when there's smoke, there's fire. And if you have 24 different young ladies coming after you about sexual misconduct, there's some smoke there. And that means that there's definitely some fire there. I thought the NFL dropped the ball in this. But the funny thing about it is that the NFL counted back and said, no, we're going to appeal. We're going to appeal. And so now the whole situation is in limbo. Because the NFL is pushing, from what I hear, is a 12-game to an indefinite suspension of Deshaun Watson. And to me, to me in this, I think that his suspension shouldn't be nothing less than 12 games. And here's why. I do think that, once again, that there's some fire there in that situation. I think the National Football League has to put their foot down from a standpoint of, I've never seen one individual player with this many allegations behind them. I just haven't. I mean, we had the Ray Rice situation. We've had various other situations across the National Football League. But not 24 separate situations. And so the NFL got to get this right. I thought Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Cleveland Browns, they tried to be slick in that $230 million deal and only give them a million dollar base salary for the first year. And I'm like, the NFL, how could this go on? Because I'm going to be honest, I'm not even blaming the Cleveland Browns. No, they super thirsty right now. Super thirsty trying to win. They'll do whatever it takes to win up in Cleveland or try to. So I can't blame the Cleveland Browns, but I blame the National Football League. Because I'm like, even when you guys attempt to dole out the punishment or use a third party in essence to hear the case independently and they still come back short of the mark I'm like man is we like what are we doing here? is this smoking mirrors or something to make Roger Goodell look like the long ranger come in on the white horse and save the day they just NFL just can't get it right they just can't get it right so I don't know what's gonna happen with Deshaun Watson this season but to me, I think he should be suspended a minimum of 12 games. Just from the standpoint of it's just so much smoke and so much potential fire there with that whole situation. I think there needs to be a lesson learned. He's still a young football player. He'd be able to bounce back. 
giving him an opportunity to come back this season. 12 games. You know, you have a handful of games pretty much left for the rest of the regular season. And let it end there. But we'll see how this situation unfolds. We on Five Sports Podcast. We've been on this story since the onset. We're going to ride this thing out until the to the uh, suspension or potential indefinite suspension happens for Deshaun Watson. So once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast. Sad news across the NBA as we had the unfortunate passing of the late, great Bill Russell. Bill Russell, legendary player, 11-time NBA world champion with the Boston Celtics, not only as a player, but as a coach as well with the Boston Celtics. First black head coach in NBA history as he led the 1969 Boston Celtics to the NBA championship, knocking off the favorite Los Angeles Lakers in that series. And this is a tremendous, tremendous loss across the National Basketball Association as those who follow the NBA just know simply the impact of Russell, not only as a player, but also off the court as well. To me, Bill Russell is, in my opinion, the best defensive player in NBA history. And, you know, there's a lot of great players that played in this league as we've had the 75th anniversary this past season in the NBA. Bill Russell played in the 1960s NBA. It was a different league. He had less teams as he led Boston to 11 championships overall, but actually eight in a row during the 60s. I mean, imagine that. Imagine a team winning eight championships in a row. Even if it is a league that is not as big as far as team-wise and talent-wise as the NBA is now, it's a great, great accomplishment under the tutelage of Red Arback, coach as well as GM of the Boston Celtics at the time. I thought it was a great, great gesture just going back in history just to seeing Red Arback giving Bill Russell the job as the Boston Celtics. Looking back on it, it appears he was the best guy for the job at the time. And this is an era of basketball before my era, before me getting into basketball and enjoying it, doing what I call the golden years of the 1980s. But looking at Bill Russell on film and his tenacity from a defensive end, just a guy that, man, initiate the fast break, quick, fast, and a hurry off the block. I mean, he was a special basketball player. I mean, he would be considered a little bit undersized as a center now, but... Ain't that many centers in the NBA? No way. I think this guy can play in any particular era of basketball and definitely the greatest winner of all time. Also, too, the MVP award uh, was you know, given to the best player in the NBA in the NBA Finals, named after Bill Russell. I think deservingly so. I mean, he's the greatest winner of all time. Also, too, is just his social activism. From the standpoint of when social activism wasn't such a popular thing just being all over the news it was people that lost their lives standing up standing up for what's right standing up for just your beliefs and having the ability to be able to be a productive citizen in the united states that goes without saying 
I thought that Bill Russell, every time you know, I would see him during the NBA Finals, when the award is handed out, it's always great to see him. And he was the first African-American superstar in the NBA. I mean, the first one. And that just lets you know how great a league it is, is that some of the pioneers of this league is still here with us, still able to get resources, you know, get game from them. You know, I remember when Bill Russell, when I first started watching basketball, you know, Bill Russell was working for CBS as a commentator for CBS. And I just thought he was an old, surly guy until I did my research on Bill Russell. Said, man, this guy was the best winner ever. So, condolences definitely go out to his family. Condolences go out to the Boston Celtics organization. It's a huge, huge loss. Once again, I think this guy is the greatest defensive player to ever play the game of basketball. One of the greatest centers of all time. And so he definitely would truly be missed. And so we definitely wanted to give him his flowers, uh, you know, while we can in a situation where he just was around the NBA and being active. So once again, it's a huge, huge loss. So we on Five Sports Podcast, once again, send our condolences out to his loved ones and everyone across the sport landscape, especially Boston Celtic fans out there. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Man, word on the street is the great Serena Williams will be retiring from the world of tennis as this upcoming U.S. Open is reportedly her last major tennis tournament and she wants to focus on other endeavors as well as family. Man, man, Serena Williams is one of the great legends in the sport of tennis across the sport landscape, one of the greatest female athletes of all time. We on Five Sports Podcast going to get into Serena's upcoming retirement. We on Fire Sports Podcast. And it wasn't big news for me because Serena Williams, you know, was a 21-year-old tennis player. It's big news for me because anyone that follows the game of tennis, anyone associated with the game of tennis, will say that Serena Williams is probably the best tennis player, female tennis player of all time. Also to the point to where she could easily be argued as the greatest tennis player of all time, male or female. I mean, 23 Grand Slam championships. I believe she's currently tied with Margaret Court for the all-time lead in that. You know, those who noticed the movie that came out less than a year ago, King Richard starring Will Smith about the story and the life of the Williams sisters, Serena as well as Venus. Actually, it was a tremendous movie. I enjoyed it. Those who haven't seen it, definitely you may want to check it out. It's a pretty good movie. Not sure how you feel about Will Smith nowadays, but that's a whole nother story. But to me, this is a huge, huge story because I never forget being a young lad. I'm not too much older than Serena Williams, a couple years older than her. And I never forget back in 1991 when I was watching ESPN and they did an expose on Serena and Venus Williams. Them playing on the hard courts of Compton, California. 
gang members standing around watching them practice with their father, Richard Williams. And me being a big time tennis fan, big time tennis fan, you know, I thought when I saw Steffi Graf in 1988, I thought she was the greatest female tennis player that had ever played the game of tennis. No disrespect to Martina Navratilova or Billie Jean King. But Serena Williams has surpassed even what I imagined for her and her sister. Just to see where they are now, just as women, I have to tip my hat to, to not only both of them, but also their mother as well as their father and their other family members for the support they got over the years. But to me, this is big news, man, because I have tremendous love and respect for Serena Williams, a tremendous competitor. Over the last couple years, you know, she's battled with injuries. She had um, had a baby. So if this is Serena Williams' last hurrah, definitely tip my hat to her. What a tremendous, tremendous career you have had. And if you're still a young person, still have the rest of the life in front of you, but I absolutely have to tip my cap to you. So, once again, man, we on Five Sports Podcast, as I said once before, we're definitely going to get the legends their flowers before they're gone, and Serena Williams is absolutely one of those. Once again, thanks for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast. Donovan Mitchell, franchise player for the Utah Jazz. Name is out there as the Utah Jazz has decided to part ways with Donovan Mitchell and put him out there for teams to seek out his availability via trade. We have another franchise player over the summer in the NBA that has requested a trade from his team. Now, Donovan Mitchell's situation a little bit different than Kevin Durant's, who is the forefront of get me out of here right now across the NBA. But I want to dove into the situation out there in Utah, man, because this one is a little interesting to me. First, we had Danny Ainge becoming a consultant slash GM of the Utah Jazz and those that follow the NBA all know Danny Ainge first as a player in the league as a world champion with the Boston Celtics back in the 80s with Larry Bird and Kevin McHale and Robert Parrish and company. Shout out to Dennis Johnson, rest in peace of that ball club. And became the general manager of the Boston Celtics and brought them back into the fold as far as being an NBA champion with the Garnett and Paul Pierce and Ray Allen teams. He left Boston and went out to Utah to link up with the GM, Ron Smith, in Utah. And they made a big move this summer in trading Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota Timberwolves, getting back a bevy of players. Patrick Beverly was in the fold of players. Also, two, four first-round draft picks. I think there's a couple pick swaps in there. But they got a haul back for them, a haul. And if I was Utah, I would have made the move based on what they was able to get back for him. I think he's primarily a defensive player, one of the best defensive players in the league, but I seen some slippage there. 
And so what they got back in return was huge. So I was sitting, you know, sitting back watching the situation out there. And I'm like, man, if they keep Donovan Mitchell and they make some moves with the acquisitions they got via that trade. Yeah, this is a, still a playoff team. I don't think that they are a heavyweight contender in the Western Conference. But what was that less than two years ago? They had the best record in the league at a point during the season. So when they put his name out there, and you know, the people in New York pretty much forming out the mouth for Donovan Mitchell right now. So to me, if Utah's going to make this deal, you know, I'm hearing these names out here as far as, you know, the compensation that the Knicks going to give back. But if we ain't talking Julius Randle back in return with some picks on the back end of that, then we really ain't talking if I'm Utah. Because I believe Julius Randle was still a redeemable basketball player. I mean, he had an offseason last year a little bit, got caught in the pressure playing in New York City, but the Knicks was trash. And I can't blame Julius Randle all the way. I, I do think he should have played some better basketball than what he did. He still averaged 20 points a game on the, on the offseason. Still a young player, still under the age of 30, former All-Star. So I think he's still redeemable, and I think he needs to change the scenery. So if I'm them, we ain't talking Julius Randle in a package for Utah. I'm good on that. Another guy out there, former All-Star, former MVP of this league, Mr. Triple-Double himself, Russell Westbrook of the Los Angeles Lakers. Look like Russell Westbrook is stuck in purgatory right now. You got an organization that we all know trying to get rid of Russell Westbrook. You know, they know that ship has sailed. They know and they finally acknowledge that that was a terrible decision bringing him in. Because he simply does not fit. And I can go on a tangent about his skill set and all of that. You know, that's already been kind of put out there. You know, I think Russell Westbrook, at a point in his career, was one of the best players in the league. But like all great players, he had a few flaws. And those flaws have came up now as he's gotten older and in a high-pressure situation playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. Russ don't want to go back there. Russ good on that. And the Lakers good on that. But it appears that nobody has stepped up to make a deal for Russell Westbrook. So, I'm going to say this. Because if the Kyrie Irving supposed interest and deal don't work out, Lakers may have to release Russell Westbrook and go and break bread with him and let him just choose whatever team he, you know, want to go to a team have his services. Because I think that's where we at with it at this point. Now, as we get closer to the season, that may change. But for me, it's looking like, man, they may have to release Russell Westbrook. So we'll see how that situation unfolds out in Los Angeles and out in Utah. I'm definitely have my eye on that situation in both spots. So we'll see. We on Five Sports Podcast going to definitely get into that as that situation unfolds. Once again, I want to thank everybody for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast.
Willis, a wrap. Season number one on We On Fire Sports Podcast. Man, it's been a crazy, crazy journey this sports year. This is our first season kicking off the podcast. And first and foremost, I want to thank all of my special guests that came through and kicked gang with me during this season of We On Fire Sports Podcast. Definitely shout out to all my contributors. Also, too, shout out to all the people who checked out the podcast over the last year. I definitely appreciate the love and positive feedback in regards. As you know, it's straight talk, no chaser here. It was a crazy, crazy sports year. As man, man, when we kicked off, man, we had the first champions coming across the board, which was the Atlanta Braves in Major League Baseball, winning their first title, World Series title since 1995. Man, and then we stayed in Georgia as the Georgia Bulldogs brought home the national championship first national championship since the Herschel Walker days of the University of Georgia. So go dogs on that. Then we transitioned, man. We transitioned as we had across the National Basketball Association, world champions, big time world champions. Once again, the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry finally won the NBA Finals MVP award. So man, shout out to them as they put another title on the mantle. Um, so man, when we kicked off, we had the Deshaun Watson activations going on at that time. Since then, he shipped it over to the Cleveland Browns and the NFL currently is in dispute of what his punishment should, should be. Can you imagine, man, one of our earlier episodes on season one, we got into that and we still own that in the National Football League. This man has not been officially suspended. So we'll see how that goes upcoming for season number two on We On Five Sports Podcast. Man, so it's been, been a great, great journey. We covered the whole sport landscape. And season number two coming up, man, in a couple of weeks, the preview. We got the NFL season kicking back into the fold. All fans of prospective fan bases feel like they got a chance out here. Man, we got the Detroit Lions on hard knocks. This team has never made the Super Bowl in the Super Bowl era. So kick back and enjoy that. Man, fantasy football is kicking off, so I know my fantasy football players are stoked, me being one of them. So, man, man, season number two on the horizon, man, is going to be a banger, man, banger. So that first episode is coming out in a couple of weeks. Preview kickoff episode of season number two, but season number one, man, coming to a wrap. Once again, I appreciate all the love and the feedback. We on fire sports podcast.